Welcome to Body Sculpt of New York, six weeks to fitness podcast, where we hope to inform, motivate, encourage, and inspire you towards living a healthier lifestyle. And now, here's your host, the president of Body Sculpt of New York, Vince Ferguson. Ooh. Hi, I'm Vince Ferguson. Welcome to Six Weeks to Fitness, episode 194. Thank you so much for joining me today. Chris Manorino is a former NCAA and NFL professional athlete. He is the founder of LifeView, a whole foods plant-based company that helps people achieve optimal health. LifeView produces simple, functional products from trustworthy and sustainable sources. Very important. And joining me today on my podcast to discuss his journey from being a professional athlete to becoming a nutrition expert and now founder of Life Fuel. Let's welcome Chris Mandarino. Chris, how are you today? I'm doing great, thank you. Uh, so good to be here and thanks for having me on the show. Oh man, thank you so much for coming on. I can't wait to dive into your story. But before we discuss Life Fuel, let's discuss your childhood. Where did you grow up and when did you know you wanted to be a professional football player? Yeah, so I grew up in Southern California in Newport Beach, and, you know, my dad had played collegiate football at Michigan State, and so something that I would always dreamed of is playing, you know, big-time collegiate football, and obviously, like many uh, kids around the world, and especially in America, I dream of playing, you know, uh, professional football in, in the NFL, so I think, I mean, from, from as far back as I can remember, that was definitely my childhood dream to, to get to that level and play on the, the biggest stage. Yeah, man. But how many of us get a chance to live out our childhood dreams? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. Were your parents happy that you wanted to become a follow your father's footsteps? Yeah, I think my mom was a bit resistant uh, because my dad had been pretty banged up. He had quite a few injuries, uh, really bad injuries in, in college. And so I remember when I first wanted to uh, play um, tackle football, I think I was about eight years old, third or fourth grade, I want to say. And my mom's like, no, you're not playing, you're not playing. Uh, but I was really determined to play. And I was like, I don't care what you say. I'm going to raise the money if I have to pay for myself. I want to play. Wow. <laughs> and so, you know, they saw that, you know, I, I really wanted to, to, to play football. And, you know, I was doing a bunch of other things as a kid, and playing a bunch of other sports. But football is something that I was always, like, the most adamant uh, about. Wow. Did you sustain any injuries while you were playing professional football? Yeah. So, of course, you know, like you're always injured. You're never 100% healthy, uh, especially once you get to the higher up levels. But my, my first setback, major setback was actually in high school. Uh, my sophomore year, I had a subluxation of my left shoulder. And so it was quite a, a bit of recovery. Um, and I wasn't able to play some of the other sports that I was playing at that time because, you know, um, I decided to get it surgically repaired during the off season. Um, so that was, you know, a big one. I always had like some pretty bad ankle sprains, but um, never missed a game due to injury, both high school and collegiately. Um, I'd broken my jaw in uh, spring football going into my senior year at Cal, yeah. which is another pretty major <laughs> injury. Unfortunately, <laughs> it wasn't uh, during the season. And yeah, the other ones, you know, a bunch of kind of nicks and things. AC joint separation much later and 
yeah, really, really bad ankle sprains at times were, which are pretty terrible, but. <laughs> oh, most definitely, man. But how, yeah. long did, how long did you play in the NFL and what team did you play for? So I was just had a short stand. I was a fullback. And so, you know, when I was coming out of college, the NFL game had changed a ton. Offenses were really going away from that two back set and really using, you know, four or five wide receivers to just kind of evolving into that, you know, aired out type offense. And so I think there's a total of, you know, maybe 30, 40 jobs for playing fullback at that level um during that time so i was with the Bengals for a couple seasons nice. uh and then yeah i declined an offer to extend a contract there because i was sitting behind a guy who was on a pretty big contract i think he was one of the highest paid fullbacks in the league at the time and yeah. saw that you know they had already made the investment so was, i was kind of their insurance policy so unless you got hurt or something i wasn't really going to get the chance to be the guy in spite of everything that I was doing um, throughout training camp and everything where, you know, I was taking the, the starter reps, the ones, the twos and threes throughout training camp a lot of the time because he wasn't cleared to play for medical reasons due to, you know, not working out in the off season and then, <laughs> you know, having to lose weight. And so, you know, I was really doing the grunt of the work. And so that was a bit frustrating. And, you know, I went into it with the intention of kind of giving it three to four years of either, landing and being the starter or else moving on and doing something else. And so uh, after two seasons with the Bengals, I went on and, and played uh, or was battling it out for starting position in Kansas City. Uh, didn't quite work out how I had intended and um, didn't make the, the final uh, roster cut there. And so, you know, that season went by, you're kind of hoping, waiting by the phone, trying to get, you know, a tryout somewhere. But the reality is with so few um, opportunities and, and starting positions, you know, if you're not the guy, it's very unlikely that you're going to be called up uh, during the season. You know, the interesting thing about fullbacks is, you know, we're pretty tough guys. And so we stay pretty healthy <laughs> for yeah. the most part. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it doesn't happen uh, that often that somebody gets hurt mid-season um but uh yeah in hindsight actually the guy who was sitting behind in cincinnati ended up getting hurt in training camp but then you know they didn't call me back because it was kind of like uh well you left and yes you know, it's like you know so there's wow. kind of the, the business side of things yes. too that you got to get used to so yes yes so but from but from the Bengals, you went to where kansas city oh, kansas city yeah kansas nice. city Jeez. yeah wow. but the Bengals went to the super bowl were you yeah. did you watch the game were you into that yeah i was into it uh it was really cool to see them you know get there it's been yeah. so long for them and, and they've got such a great fan base and um you know it's it's exciting they got a, a great you know young team they're very talented so i think they'll they'll be good for a while they really surprised a lot of people this year um and and got past some really great and strong team. So it'll be interesting to see what they can do, if they can keep it going um, for years to come. Oh yeah, most definitely. But now from the NFL, you went to Italy and then I something did. happened. Tell me about that experience and what led you to create Life View. Yeah, so I have Italian heritage. My great grandfather was the first one who immigrated from uh, Italy to the United States. And so it's something um, that I was, you know, always had this like, strong affinity about and like you know, our best family traditions are all like rooted in Italian culture and stuff. So I'd always, you know, dreamed of uh, getting the chance to go over to Italy. I never really had the chance as an athlete because you're so dedicated and time crunched, you know, everything yes. is, is sport, you know, um, but 
post NFL, I had a, a former teammate from college who called me up out of the blue. I was in the process of kind of figuring out life after football. I thought I'd go the finance route because everything I had done outside of football was like finance related. And um, I was actually studying for my series seven at the time. I got a call from him and he's like, yo, what are you doing? Um, You know, he had remembered, I guess, recalled that I had said, you know, if the NFL didn't work out, like I would love to just, you know, extend the opportunity to continue playing and, and do it over in Europe right? Not for the money, just for the love of the game and be able to travel and, and do all that stuff. And so it, as it turned out, his uh, high school football coach had coached for some team in Italy uh, the year prior, and he was connected with the team. They were looking for, you know, players to come in for that upcoming season. And so he called him, my buddy called me, next thing you know, I'm on a plane flight to Italy and saying, nice. all right, let's, you know, see, see what this is all about. Uh, so it was, it was awesome. It was such a, a cool experience. One, I mean, it really helped me uh, work through that transition post football, which is super tough when you've been doing something for as long as I, I had played football, right. Kind of from a mental standpoint and just, you know, trying to figure it out standpoint, like what does this next chapter in life look like? And so, um, you know, because it, and so few people, I guess it does. end when you want it to end, right. It's kind of an yeah. abrupt thing. It's yeah. like, okay, I guess that's over. So now what? <laughs> so, you know, it was, I, I had a little bit of a, a resentment and a bitter taste in my mouth about like how it all ended. And, and it really made it tough to, you know, even watch football or, or like be involved on it, in it, you know, for quite some time. But I think being able to play for the love of the game again, you know, I was playing, you know, running back and linebacker again and, and um, <laughs> not just a battering ram. And yes. so, it was really cool and really uh, great to be a part of uh, a team like that, where a lot of the guys are just out there because they just love the sport. Right. And there's no like business side of it. Um, it was just like for the love of the game. So, and it was such a, a cool experience because, you know, we had so much free time on our hands to really go experience the Italian culture and travel around Europe and stuff and um, had a great group of, of guys that really uh, made it feel like home over there. So, um, yeah, it was, it was an awesome experience. <laughs> well, what led you, I know you were, while you were there, you noticed some differences in the culture, the people as a poll, as compared to here in the States. What was that? Yeah. So at that time, you know, I was kind of in my own like physical transformation because I no longer need to be 240 plus pounds to hit linebackers in the face anymore. <laughs> they had me playing both sides of the ball. So I really need to lean out to be able to do that um, at a high level. So I was kind of trying to lose some weight. Um, and I really looked to diet as the main thing because I, I always worked out hard. I always trained, you know, like yeah. a beast. But um <laughs> You know, I saw, I started to see the value of nutrition and how impactful that was for, you know, recovery performance and, and body type and transformation. Um, but what was really revealing to me is just, um, you know, one, how, you know, plant centric the diets were, and then, um, you know, how they really took the time out of each and every day to kind of gather around the table. So the social aspect of eating together, um, either at lunch or dinner time is like such a big deal in Italy. And the other thing that was kind of really enlightening to me is when I would go even buy like fresh produce or stuff from the, the supermarket, it wouldn't last very long, like less than a week and stuff would be 
perishing. Whereas you go buy stuff in the States, it'll last you two months. Like yeah, exactly. a tomato, right. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. huh, what's going on here? And so you start to, you know, dig into a bit further and you really start to understand, you know, there's a lot of things that go on in the American food system that just, you know, don't fly in, in other parts of the world. And European uh, standards are, are really notorious for being a lot higher than, you know, what we've come to accept in, in our food system back home. And um, that really drove me to kind of continue to do some in a deep dive into the research behind like why that was and, and what was really going on with our food system. And you see it firsthand too, right? Like in Italy, yes, you do have more like carbohydrate rich foods, um, but you also have a lot more plant foods on the plate. You don't see obesity rates and, you know, chronic lifestyle issues, same rates that you do um, back in the U S and there's just like less dependence on ultra processed foods. They're not eating out of box or, you know, really taking the time to cook and prepare these uh, the, the, their meals. And, you know, a lot of those, you know, uh, traditions have been passed down from generation to generation. And it's just so much a part of their, their culture and, and pride about how they, you know, source the ingredients and really create those, those meals. Now, when we think about professional athletes, we think about guys and girls who are at the peak of their, you know, athletic ability. Now, how much did you weigh when you were playing, you know, football? Yeah, my peak, I was 240, around 240 at the top. Yeah. How, how tall me, About 6'1". Big dude. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, it, you, know, it was, you know, it was tough for me because I was, a, you know, I was a quarterback and linebacker in, in high school. And so I think I walked on to University of Cal Berkeley around 200, 205 pounds, and then got thrown into playing fullback. And so I was always, it was always a challenge for me to put on enough weight to compete at that <clears throat> level. And I was always kind of considered undersized for a fullback because in the NFL, even at 240, that's, you know, yeah. pretty lightweight for, for uh, fullback <laughs> standards. Most are, you know, 260 plus easily. So, wow. Yeah. Amazing. But you, but you didn't feel healthy. At that weight? No, you know, I would, you know, eating was really a chore, right? You just had to consume so many calories just to, for me, just to even maintain weight. And then, you know, hope that I could slowly ratchet up the skill um, as well and build strength and muscle and, and put on weight. Um, but, you know, you just sit down and it just piled down so many calories. And it was less about like the, I guess, the quality of the food, right? Because, you know, you're burning a bunch off and you're just yes. adding like whatever it took, right? And and that's where like efficient, more efficient fuel sources like protein shakes and those types of things you kind of come to depend on a lot of times as an athlete just to get the extra calories in, mm. um, especially when you're so time crunch but yeah there was a lot of stuff like i had like really major heartburn all the time like my, my gut was a, a disaster and then like energy levels were kind of all over the place right mm. you just want to go take a nap as soon as you <laughs> crunch exactly. a bunch of food right <laughs> yes and so um and just overall like aches and pains like carrying i think that that amount of weight uh, around for my frame you know it's just you know i could really feel it and it was you know bringing me down and then like you know, even though I was big and strong, like it was definitely carrying a higher percentage of body fat than I was personally comfortable with as well. So like body image and stuff wasn't like ideal. And so I really, you know, wanted to change that after I was done playing. 
Because hmm. also when you gain weight, it's not like you just gained it in your shoulders and your arms. You gained it in your gut as well, right? <laughs> yeah, it'd be nice if you could just pick and choose where the weight goes on, right? Like exactly. It's exactly, you know, like, not the way the body works. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, my legs were massive. You know, obviously, upper body and everything was, was massive. But you're also caring a little bit more about the around the midsection and the gut and all that, too. So, yeah. And as, and as we get older, I'm not talking about when you get to the 40s and 50s and 60s, you don't want to be carrying that kind of weight around. You know, no. but, yeah, exactly. You wouldn't know about that yet, but I'm saying, I don't know, you know? <laughs> but, but you changed your diet. What happened? How'd you do that? So, you know, I really, so it's it two parts, right? It was kind of end of one experimentation and this reading a ton of literature mm -hmm. of like every type of like dietary discipline you could think of. So from like elite level bodybuilders to, you know, endurance athletes to, you know, what all like the, the nutritionists and health gurus and everything else was was saying right and so you know i kind of i had went through like the slow carb diet that tim ferris was kind of pushing out for a while and then like i tried you know the whole ketogenic thing and i was actually working for a company that uh put the first like ketogenic program on the market which is around medical weight loss uh and i i kept like kind of gradually going toward like as i kind of tried all these different diets and, and read all these different dietary theories, there was like one underlying theme that was like a, a plant centric diet. So more plant-based foods because they're so much richer in antioxidants and phytonutrients and all these amazing compounds that really lead to long-term health and uh, recovery and performance and all that stuff. So like I continued to just make minor tweaks along my own personal transformation and ultimately landed on you know a more plant-centric diet not necessarily exclusively vegan or anything like that but a diet that really worked well for me my energy levels and uh now and it really became to the point where the the source and the quality of the food and the way it's made and where it comes from is of the utmost um importance and you know i do a lot of traveling too so i try to eat like local cultures do for the most part still being plant-centric as much as possible but um really looking past i guess just food as food and thinking about like all those different things that um make it either nutrient rich and healthful or you know junk yeah either or <laughs> yeah <laughs> so once you did that so you you went from 240 pounds to what when you change when you change the diet yeah so i got down you know i was probably floating around like 210 215 i was pretty lean and, and you know pretty ripped at that point um uh, i'm around like 200 or so yeah. now um a lot less muscle you know when i when i was like 215 or whatever and so yeah i, I feel really good around you know between 200 and 205 you know and, and that's a good weight for me um i don't obsess over it but it's you know that's just it seems to be like the right metabolic set point for me yeah. now yeah. right are you are you um currently exercising on a regular basis oh yeah yeah i mean it's a major part of my life it's just you know it's, it's hugely important to me and um you know i, I guess post football i really 
took a big interest in, in CrossFit style workouts. And so I was doing that, um, pretty consistently and I, I was fueled by the competitive side of it, but also, you know, it was a big part of, you know, the type of training I did as an athlete, you know, more explosive and, um, all that, the gymnastic stuff was kind of new to me, but like yeah, the yeah. other, like the Olympic lifting and all that was stuff that I had always done, you know, as a, as an athlete. Um, so, but I, I took a little bit of a step back from like, that level of like heavy lifting and heavy loads because it's starting to, you know, have an impact on, on my body. And so now it's, you know, kind of more, you know, it's, it's about functional mobility and, and functional fitness and, and obviously retaining lean muscle because that becomes super important as you age, but, you know, not to the point where, you know, I'm so sore on Saturday morning. I don't want to do anything <laughs> because I can't move my legs, you know? So it's, it's trying to find that right balance. And I've always been one to kind of seek out, you know, different types of exercise and fitness and just, you know, uh, body movement, because I think, you know, having like a diverse range of activities is something that everybody should try to enjoy and, you know, kind of get out of, you know, um, you know, just like, going to the gym and popping your earbuds on like that's yeah. it's good and all but like you know i like going on a hike in nature and just like challenging myself and my mind in, in different ways so yeah the diversifying you know your fitness yeah yeah great i like what you said about functional fitness that's that's extremely yeah. important yeah absolutely you know that's, that's great that's great now but you started life fuel talk about that what brought you to that? Um, how'd you get it started? Cause now you're an entrepreneur, not yeah. just an athlete. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a long journey. So I think like everything that we just discussed, like that was really like the base of all that. Right. I always took a vested interest in my, my personal health and performance and was looking for, you know, a way to get the competitive edge and whether, you know, that was through nutrition or training or, you know, just kind of film study or whatever, like that's important as, as a high level athlete. Um, but it was really post football career when I was trying to figure out, you know, what was next in terms of, you know, life and business. And, you know, I kind of made that full switch where the Italian chapter just ended uh, 2008, so global financial crisis, and you know what I thought I would be doing wasn't really an option, right? All the jobs in finance had kind of dried up, and you know everybody's kind of like, well, what do we do? And I hadn't really established any career outside of football yet, right? So super challenging time, obviously, to be yeah. on the job hunt, and nobody's hiring. But uh, yeah, I was fortunate that there was uh, a guy who kind of followed my uh, football career. He also played football and he was a, a founder of, you know, a bariatric nutrition company and um, said, hey, yeah, I'm, we're growing. If you're looking for an opportunity, we'd love to bring you in. And, and so didn't really know uh, that much about at, at all about like bariatric nutrition and the whole weight loss surgery space right. because it's so opposite, you know what I was always focused on, which was like high level performance and like, you know, weight was an issue, but I wasn't, you know, morbidly obese or, or something like anything that required me to do, do a deep dive, but it was so enlightening and, and so uh, just provided a whole new perspective uh, around like health and, and how paramount nutrition and diet are right um for all that so uh in bariatric nutrition market there's a lot of there's 
people that are um, severely overweight and basically they're at the, the end of the, the line, right? They need to have something that is going to really help them drastically lose the, the weight. And to do that, um, you know, most of them have been through some sort of medical weight loss, have tried like every diet under the planet, but there's, you know, some larger metabolic issues at, at play that really, you know, through bariatric surgery um, is one of the best ways to, to really help shed that weight. However, um, with depending on the surgery type, you know, you're altering the anatomy of the human body, right? And so the, um, like the most common procedure is gastric sleeve, you're, you're bypassing the upper third of the small intestine, which is a primary binding site for key vitamins and minerals and other nutrients. And you combine that with, you know, the smaller portions that you're eating due to the reduced stomach size. And you have a pretty large challenge of getting all your nutrients from food alone. Mm -hmm. And so it's um, it's part of the the quality of care that you know that patient population needs to supplement with specific uh, like fat soluble vitamins, B vitamins, and calcium, and obviously protein intake. And so this company had a full line around nutritional supplements that are specifically targeted for that medical uh, purpose. Um, and so. During that time, you know, I had grown from just like inside customer service representative, like answering phone calls and, you know, chatting online and, and kind of helping people with their orders to then being uh, thrown into the outside sales position and ultimately running like the West Coast for them. So it's traveling between like seven or eight different states. And um, yeah, and so for me personally, I was always still using like our products like a meal replacement shake or something because it was constantly on the go. I was traveling yeah, yeah. I needed, like quick and convenient fuel um, to kind of get me through the day. And I was also still training at a high level too. So I needed that convenient fuel source. Um, but during that time, kind of near the, the end where I was kind of thinking about, okay, what's next? Do I want to keep climbing the corporate ladder or do I want to maybe go out and do my own thing? Um, There's a company that was acquiring, that business unit um so they wanted to kind of enter that uh that marketplace and were unsuccessful of doing it on their own uh but they had really been at the forefront of like functional wellness and um really have a, a an advanced uh scientific approach to how they formulate products they've got a whole staff of phds and it's just like you know became this like yeah amazing experience to just like see like the in-depth research about like the the way that they formulate products because they were approaching it pretty much like a pharmaceutical drug but they're doing it from uh nature and they're looking at all these amazing like phytonutrients and like naturally occurring compounds that exist in in, in nature and so it's really cool to have that experience and it really kind of gave me the structure for what ultimately we use to, to launch Life Fuel. But the, the revelation, one was, you know, I kind of had this personal desire to just kind of do something on my own. And then two, we were hearing when I was going around and educating patients and, and physicians about, you know, nutrition and how important it was, um, you know, you would see the patients that were doing everything that they're supposed to, how much more healthful that they, they looked, like their hair was full and skin looked great. Those that didn't, weren't doing everything that they're supposed to, even though they had lost weight, they still look very sickly and unhealthy, hair's falling out and all that stuff, right? And so, you know, I kind of learned why that was. And, you know, 
basically when your body doesn't get everything you need uh, from food, from a nutritional level, you flip a switch from long-term health to short-term survival. And that's really what we used as the backbone for starting Life Fuel, because we saw you know, uh, a lot of the same nutritional deficiencies or insufficiencies exist in the general American population. And that's because uh, the way our food system has changed so drastically in you know, such a short amount of time, right? And so everything from diminished uh, nutrient density of soil to everything that gets sprayed on, on crops to the distance food travels, uh, before it yes. even gets to the supermarket or our plates. Uh, and then even what we have come to accept as, as food, right? Which is more <laughs> yeah. chemicals than it is actually real whole foods. And so those things along with, you know, my, my I guess, individual personal drive um, to kind of do something on my own and, and really culminated in what became Life Fuel. True. Now, now you're the co-founder of the company, so you have a, a, a partner. Yeah, yeah, I have a business partner who also has a background in in sports and uh, also in in weight loss. He was doing, he was actually involved with um, the Biggest Loser for a period of time, like doing Big, Biggest Loser boot camps and all that. And so he had a business um, in the space, and he was doing some merger and acquisition stuff for uh, a. Uh, MMA fight that was going uh, league that was going head to head with UFC. So he had previous background, he'd gotten his MBA from Booth Business School. And so there's kind of some complementary synergies there. And I think we had met through, through a, a mutual friend and, um, you know, we just got to talking around like the, I guess the weight loss space originally because, you know, I was kind of shocked that they weren't doing more within the Biggest Loser organization to have kind of nutrition be more prevalent, right? It was all fitness-based stuff and less like <laughs> nutrition. I'm going, wow, there's, you know, you should do something yeah, there. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. So that, um, you know, kind of got the ball rolling and, um, yeah, we ultimately aligned and in, in, uh, spearheaded Life Fuel. Beautiful. Now, how long has the company been around? Yeah, so we've been commercially selling for a little over six years now. We were uh, kind of developing our initial formulation and kind of setting up the business for about a year and a half, two years before launching. So we've been at it for quite some time. Yeah, before the plant-based craze like right, took, took off. off, like we were, yeah, we've been in the market for some time now. And uh, yeah, it's it's been a, a fun journey. Excellent. And I do believe I've heard of Life View before, you know, being introduced to you. So it definitely has been That's around. <laughs> no, exactly. Now, my question is, why is it so, why is it better than most of the other um, plant-based products that's out there? Yeah, so a few things. So the first thing is our approach to our formulations, right? So the, the first thing I, I mentioned is around like those key nutrient deficiencies or insufficiencies that exist in the general population. So if you look at the meal replacement category, let's say, which is kind of our hero product kind of falls into that. Um, I'll tell you why it's different uh, in some, on a macronutrient level, but the meal replacement category as a whole, typically they'll put like between 10 and 20% daily value of like 20 vitamins and minerals, right? Okay, check the box, right? It's got yeah. vitamins and minerals in it, cool. 
So now we can call it a meal replacement, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, however, the challenge with that is there's no science behind, okay, what makes, why 20% or why 30% of every single nutrient? A lot of, most of that stuff you're getting enough of through the diet alone. Uh, and so, but there's certain things like vitamin D and magnesium and iodine and vitamin K2, which almost no meal replacements contain K2 or D3 or some of the ingredients hey, that, yeah, that yeah. we have. So it was really about nutrient density first and really filling the most common nutritional gaps that exist in the human diet. And there's a couple companies out there that are doing this now through like a, a multivitamin. But the mm -hmm. problem is with the multivitamin, you're not getting your protein. It's not coming from real whole foods. It's missing your greens. It's missing all these other phytonutrients and benefits. So it's kind of checking that box of, I guess, filling the nutrient gaps, but not in the best possible way. Mm -hmm. So with our product, um, that's one of the main drivers of, of difference. The other one is most marriage placement shakes in the category of super hard, high in carbohydrates. Um, mm -hmm. Most you'll see like 30, 40, sometimes 50 grams of carbohydrates per meal. And most are very high in, in calories. And, you know, when you think about, you know, the, the American diet, we don't have a carbohydrate problem. We don't have a calorie problem. <laughs> we're getting plenty. We're, we're already getting plenty. Too much. Yes, exactly. So what we wanted to do, we wanted to have a nutrient rich shake that allowed people the flexibility to add calories if they wanted to or add carbohydrates if they wanted to, but would also appeal to somebody who's trying to do a low carb uh, diet and lifestyle and, and keep that at a minimum amount, right? Because it's easy to add in, you know, a half a banana or, uh, you know, a type of liquid and you can jump up the carbohydrates pretty quickly, right. but you throw a half a banana in any of those other shakes and you're at a hundred something plus carbs yeah. in one sit in a liquid meal. Right. So that didn't really make sense. And, and really, when you look at that, you're going to see uh, generally see a massive like blood glucose spike oh. as well. Right. So mm -hmm. obviously, you know, and then the feedback we've received uh, is like this stability in energy levels, right? You're going to see much more stable energy levels because you're not going to see that huge blood sugar spike and then and then crash, which kind of defeats the purpose of using that product <laughs> to begin with, right? So I think a lot of the, the products in the category, they're trying to check a couple boxes like, okay, we've got some nutrients and because it's, it's so large in quantity, like 100 grams, you know, in, in a powder size or 80 grams of powder, it'll fill you up, right? But yeah, <laughs> and exactly. you, you drink a gallon of water and that'll fill you up. Yeah, too, right? yeah. <laughs> yeah, so like our approach is like our serving size is only 35 grams. So it's it's a bit lighter, but it, because of the nutrient density, uh, it still does the job of filling you up, but also filling those nutrient gaps. And then the other big uh, area of emphasis, which we're pushing into now across um, all the products we have is being 100% whole food uh, plant-based. So we're already 100% plant-based uh, from the start. But mm -hmm. I think the biggest distinction that we're moving in that very, very few companies on the market, I don't know any that have everything that we have in terms of nutrient density and doing it all from real whole foods. And that means that there's no synthetic ingredients in the products. It's all chemical free. It's like the cleanest and purest source of nutrition that you could ever put in your body. So that's really like, if you think about the nutrition space, like there's life, you are like the Ferrari of nutrition and then there's everything else. That simple not? analogy. Yeah. Ah, 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 ah. yeah. Awesome. What about when it comes to um, protein? 
Yeah. So there's protein in our product, which is also extremely important. And I think when you get into plant-based proteins, right, they've always kind of had a bad rap because, you know, myself and, you know, any bodybuilder, or any athlete, you know, they've always been said, okay, we've got to have whey protein, right? Because it's the most easily digestible. Yeah, there you go. Um, so, you know, it, it, I was, I was sold that nutritional theory too, right? But when you think about whey protein, right? So it's a, a dairy derivative, right? It comes from milk production, right? And when you get into the challenges with dairy, um, you know, it's, it's not the best, I guess, health food, right? So with dairy, there's no real phytonutrients, antioxidants, you're not getting any of that stuff that really contribute to optimal recovery, right? So you're getting protein, but that's about it. And uh, when you get into like the intolerances that exist around dairy, like the, the percentages of people who are um, uh, lactose intolerant are very high. Uh, even more so in anybody of, of color, like the way more higher incidences of lactose intolerances, like anybody in the Asian American community was like almost 100% of people like don't do lactose <laughs> at all. Um, so that actually creates an inflammatory response by the body if it's seen, you know, you're throwing whey protein in. And it's going, what the heck is this stuff? It's, you know, <laughs> you're going to kick off this inflammatory uh, thing. And there's a lot of interesting science around other potential negative health conditions associated, more associated with dairy, right? Now, I don't know how much of that gets stripped out of whey protein, but being that it is still dairy-based, you're going to see some of that still resolve. Right. For me, um, you know, I would always not like my uh, GI issues anytime I would guzzle down a whey protein shake. You just have like that rumbling gut or, you know, gas or whatever, all yes. that stuff that's yeah. unpleasant, right? Definitely, so, definitely yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, when I started, you know, personally using plant-based proteins, like the market at the time, you know, there wasn't a lot out there. And it's like, honestly, it all tasted like dirt. It was really nasty, you know? And so it was really tough to like, yeah. even knowing that it was like potentially better for me, like it was really right. tough to wrap my head around, like having to consume that on a regular basis, especially after like just crushing yourself in a hard workout, you really wanted something like enjoyable and delicious to look forward to after <laughs> cool. you've done that, that and nourishing. And so, you know, that was a big part of our product development process is like, not just to, to make it the best from a nutritional standpoint, but also to get it to taste really good without having to throw a bunch of artificial ingredients or a bunch of sugar into it, which would then compromise the nutritional integrity that we started with in the first place. Hmm. So um, the interesting thing and in, in really digging into the science further, um, you know, we, we, when we eat protein or we drink protein, our body is just breaking that down into individual branching amino acids, right? Which play different roles in the body. And when it comes to, let's say, muscle building or something, right. it's really the, the three uh, leucine, isoleucine uh, that are doing the most you know, work in terms of muscle protein, uh, invalid, uh, muscle protein synthesis, right? So I guess it really depends, like, I guess the conversation around protein, if it's for like, you, what is your health goal, right? Are you a professional athlete? How much are you working out? Because that will determine your protein intake. Uh, when it comes to plant-based protein versus like dairy-based proteins like whey, 
-hmm. you can get the equivalent amount of protein. You're probably going to get a higher bioavailable by uh, absorption of the protein, and you're going to get those trace vitamins, minerals, antioxidants. And when you combine different proteins like pea and rice, which we do in, in our products, they have complementary amino acid sources. So you have that complete protein that is equivalent to whey. And they've done a lot of um, studies that show, you know, that combination of protein is, you know, equivalent to what you would get in animal-based proteins without, you know, all the undesirable side effects. And when you come, like, look at the planet, right, and the amount of resources it takes to make, like, one kilogram of whey protein, right, because it's such a, a small derivative of dairy, the expenditure of, of water and, you know, resources and the deterioration that, you know, these large-scale dairy farm, farmers uh, farms have on the planet versus, you know, the minimal amount of inputs uh, that it takes to grow pea and rice and some of these plant-based foods. Yes. It's, you know, it's, it's a pretty clear that that's like a better choice. So um, yeah, that's, that's kind of the argument there of plant-based versus. <laughs> so if you're trying to work out and build muscle, you're saying your plant-based protein, protein is even more, just as effective or even more effective and same yeah. for the use for the body. Yeah, so absolutely. Makes sense. Absolutely. Makes sense. Now, what other what are what are your main selling products right now? So our hero product, you know, since our inception, has always been the essential shake. You know, the drives. Yeah. So that is really the foundational product um, because that is going to meet all your daily nutritional needs, fill the nutrient gaps, right? So you can't really skip past that one because if you have, you know. Um, you know, nutrient gaps, then your body is not going to be able to uh, perform or, you know, work at, at its best potential, right? So that really helps to fill the nutrient gaps, but also give you a clean and efficient fuel source that will help you get your state, day started, get you, you know, as a nice um, drink in between meals. Um, and so that's really the hero product. That's where we're leaning into more is around like this vertical of essential nutrition. And so we're going to have different formats using the same, you know, uh, custom uh, vitamin and mineral mix and that whole food mix that we've created, but now have it in like a bar format or a ready to drink format or a single serving instead of just a large bag. So just make it uh, more convenient for people to get that same kind of uh, well-rounded source of nutrition, but just enjoy it in, in different ways. Um, and so that's, that's kind of going to be the core of our focus going forward. And then we'll have like a small, set of additional products that uh, we're doing some stuff now in the adaptogen uh, world in the nootropic, which is still centered around that whole food uh, approach, but using like medicinal mushrooms and botanical herbs to you know elevate focus and concentration or give you nice clean energy throughout the day or help you wind down and sleep better or help stabilize mood. So like adaptogens can be very powerful uh, in that way and kind of, um, turn up or turn on turn off some of the things that might be a little out of whack for you. And so that is, is individualized, obviously, depending on like what you feel you need and also what you might be struggling with. And so instead of just like taking a random adaptogen and hoping that, you know, <laughs> it's yeah. all in there. 
you know, because like if you get into herbalism, like for centuries, like, you know, specific herbs, like that was, you know, uh, how the medical world operated for so long. It was through these different, you know, plant-based remedies. And so like we really want to use the science behind those to, you know, make that approachable and easy for people to address some of these um, common ailments and, and issues that come with modern day lifestyles to kind of uh, help optimize around those things. Great. I know we were plant-based before the Rockefeller Foundation got involved and took over the American Medical Association. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and now we're petroleum-based. I mean, yeah. Well, and that's, and that's the crazy thing about, you know, the supplement world too, right? Petroleum isn't everything uh, from you know, uh, our drugs to our vitamins and minerals, right? So most of the supplements on the market are petroleum based, which most, most people have no idea because, you know, there's not really a whole lot of regulate, regulation that goes what needs to go on the label, right? So it's right. natural, it's, you know, this, yes. it's that, it's the yes. greatest thing, you know? Exactly. exactly. If you look at, you know, how it's actually made, where it's coming from, it's most of them are chemical based. Wow. You know, again, I went a little longer than I and planned on because you had so much value yeah. here. And it makes so where can we find out more about your products? Where can we where can we order them and find out more about you as well, Chris? Yeah, the best place is just through our website, which is Life Fuel. That's life with dot com. It's really the best place to kind of learn more about what we're doing as a company, uh, see if the values and the mission that we're on resonate and align with, you know, kind of your personal values and, and your health goals. And um, we do have like a transformation program. So anybody that's trying to, you know, make um, sustainable changes in their life and, you know, not sure where to get started. That's a great way to uh, experience, you know, life fuel and, and you get a ton of like nutrition advice and health coaching and all these like daily habit uh, things that really contribute to long-term health because it's not just, you know, our products that are going to get you, <laughs> right. you know, where yeah. you want to be. It's the whole approach, right? And so it's all these little different micro habits, you know, daily movements, you know, uh, mindfulness, all these things that really contribute to uh, long-term health. And that's really what we want to foster and teach with that, that program and also kind of turning people back on to, you know, where our food comes from, how important that is for both personal wellness, but also planetary health as well. Most definitely. Couldn't have said it better. That sounds really good. Now, what's the name of your main product again? It's the Essential? The Essential Shake. The yeah, Essential Shake. Yeah, exactly. use A meal replacement in between meals. Yeah, right? exactly. So most people will start their day with it. Um, we have a lot of people that are trying to kind of kickstart kick like a weight loss journey. So they're trying mm -hmm. to minimize uh, their caloric load. So they'll use that as a great way to, to do that, yet still curb their, their appetite and their hunger. Um, but yeah, it's also great as it's just like a daily uh, multivitamin. Um, but you're also getting all those amazing you know, benefits. You're getting a healthy amount of protein, um, everything from real whole foods. When you mentioned uh, vitamin D, how much how much D is in the, the actual product? How many I use? Yeah, so in our central shake, I believe we have two thousand I use of vitamin really? D three. Really? Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, 90, yeah. ninety micrograms of vitamin K two, which you know both those together are super important for bone health, cardiovascular health, right? So most people don't even know 
you know, what the benefit of K2 is. They think about vitamin K as a blood thinner, but K2 and D3 really go hand in hand for cardiovascular. It helps to shuttle calcium um, to the body and out of the arteries and into the bones. And so one without the other is is kind of lapsing. And unless you're eating a ton of fermented foods, which again, in the American diet, we're just not, um, you're probably not getting any k2 really um and then vitamin d right it's super challenging to get enough vitamin d even if you are in the sun a lot <clears throat> you know we're covering up with sunscreen and everything else we're just like yes. yeah exactly exactly um and so those are the things that we really wanted to emphasize and put in elevated amounts so you don't have to go you know take another vitamin and mineral and like you next thing you know you've got this cabinet full of supplements like this is a a more uh comprehensive and simplified approach to to nutrition i'm gonna have to look into that because um i take vitamin d3 and k2 together yeah telling me that i'm I'm getting a 2000 ius of uh d3 and uh whatever else you were saying i'm sure you're getting ample vitamin c as well what 500 milligrams maybe what are you putting in there? yeah yeah so there's about 50 percent of the daily value of vitamin c most people get enough vitamin c as it is um some people will like to boost that up for immunity purposes so in um upcoming formulation i think we're going to kick up the vitamin c a bit more um yes but yeah so i i think the important thing to, to also mention right is like knowing where you stand like getting your blood levels tested right because like this is not necessarily a therapeutic dose right it is a baseline dose right so it's going to definitely if you've got if you're vitamin d deficient or you're deficient in one of these things you probably need to um kind of super boost that for a period of time retest make sure you stabilize once you're back at kind of normal healthy levels then you want to have something like our essential shake or do that at the same time while you're trying to get those levels right. back up. But typically you have to obviously overcompensate for that deficiency to, yeah. to get it way back up. So well, you definitely did your homework. You, you know the science, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, well, it's yeah, I mean, it needs to start with the science, right? And it's unfortunate that not, you know, every product on the market really does start with the science um because you know that's that's where it, it should start <laughs> so and i will say this true science not just any science. yeah true yeah science. there's a bunch of suedo science and you know there's it's yes. easy to kind of manipulate paper yes. and there's a lot of funding behind yeah certain stuff to get it to look a certain way but yeah the, the true science thank is, you uh, and um how affordable since you shakes yeah, so I, for what we offer, I think it's the best value on the market. I think per meal, it's around two dollars and fifty six cents. Most of our competitors are upwards of four or five dollars per meal. So yeah, if you look at what has gone into our product, where the ingredients come from, the overall quality, like and the value that you get for your money, like you can't like just there's nothing that <laughs> comes yeah, close um yeah, yeah hands down and, and if you think you have something i'd love to take a look at it because i can very quickly i've got like an entire excel spreadsheet of almost every product in the category and are nice. side by side so i know this pretty confidently that there's nothing that compares to what we've created so you're not just saying it you believe it no yeah and, if it, and <laughs> i can prove it too so <laughs> I'm in. I, I hear you, man. No, I'm going to try out your product. I, I'm sold. I think it'll be a awesome. nice good replacement. So that being said, man, again, I went over, took a lot more of your time than I expected to, man, but this has been great. 
But Chris, I want to say on behalf of my organization, Body Scope of New York, that's my nonprofit, and Six Weeks of Fitness, I want to thank you for coming on the show today. Oh, it's been a blast. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great. And I uh, hope your audience uh, finds it useful and uh, you know, we're happy to help them out on their journey. Excellent, man. And to my viewers and listeners, I truly hope this program was encouraging and inspiring that you will continue tuning in to my Six Weeks of Fitness podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions for the show, please leave them in the comment section below. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And remember, we don't, grow, we don't stop exercising because we grow old. We grow old because we stop exercising. <laughs>